1: Welcome, everybody, to Creating Beyond Reality Radio. This is Heather Nichols, and we're here this week with Connor Hill and maybe Solwyn Jones, maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the the topic. The name, the title of the show today is atypical. Um, Connor is an access consciousness facilitator. Um, and uh, all kinds of other... I can't, I can't even remember all the things that you facilitate, Connor. What what else do you facilitate? I know you facilitate Conscious Horse, Conscious Rider. What else? Yeah, uh,
2: Conscious Horse, Conscious Rider. And, I mean, you know, as, as we all do, I've created several other classes for myself. Yeah. Um, uh, certified Facilitator, Body Process Facilitator. Um cool. I do a lot of bars classes. I like I like awesome. my bars classes. Yeah, awesome. and then and I've got a couple specialties like extreme creation and 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 play and and so on. So yeah,
1: awesome. So yeah, just a cool creator, a cool being. Um and um and Connor and Sewell got together and created this class uh, called Atypical, and I saw it and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I want to know more about that. I want to talk about that. Um, and um, I know it's a little bit of uh, Soul is actually an X Men um, facilitator, and um, and which is you know kind of this conversation of when you are different in the world, um, ADD, ADHD, OCD, autism, and just being different and acknowledging the difference that you be and learning to function from that rather than trying to fit into this reality. Um, and I just wanted to chat with these guys about this creation and the topic and what they're up to and um, and see what we can create. So welcome, Connor.
2: Thank you so much, Heather. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, like the 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 inspiration for this class. Sorry, I was also like given uh, souls. You know, um, what, what, what what do people like to say? respectable, insignificant other or something, pleasurable <laughs> other. <laughs> enjoyable uh, other. <laughs>
1: enjoyable
2: other. Give her a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we were, like, Sewell got me onto this TV show called Atypical that's on, that's a Netflix original series. and um, And we were looking to do something different in Sydney, some sort of different class to facilitate in Sydney. And it just... We wanted to do something to have something to do with relationships, because uh, like I don't really do them,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he
2: does, and he's good at it, and yeah. um, and just to get like a different angle from men really on both those sides, and and it wasn't really reading or popping until we looked at this atypical thing, and it. If you haven't seen the TV show, it's of a, um, it's of a a basically an X-Men kid, uh, mm-hmm. that like for at least the first series, most of it is him trying to figure out, um, like what love is and how to do it.
3: Oh, wow. Which, I,
1: I haven't even heard, I'm so out of the loop. I haven't even heard yeah. of the show.
2: Oh, it's out. great. Yeah. yeah. If, if slash when you get a chance, give it a yeah, watch. I, will. Uh, I know, I know you're a host of access classes and, and a facilitator yourself. So I'm not sure when you would ever, and, and like three kids, so I don't know when you would ever. Two, have time.
1: two. <laughs> two. <laughs> Isn't don't there always don't add another one, over? Connor. Isn't there <laughs> 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 That's just me. Well, it's, pro- it's,
2: it's probably because one of yours is like two normal ones.
1: <laughs> They're actually, each one of them is like three, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um that's no
2: that's what it is
1: um
2: yeah so it's it's actually like um I I you know I kind of it's weird for me to say like I'm autistic but like
1: yeah in
2: watching that show I was like whoa yeah that uh that that explains a lot um so so it was really fun it's just like the the class itself atypical is was inspired by an invitation of you know like people that might people that enjoyed that show and maybe see themselves in it and 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 really really are don't get how the rest of the world functions or why everybody else is doing what they're doing um and the classes we've done so far have really just turned into something very different and weird and, and true to fashion with this radio show with you. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Just like every atypical class we've done so far, it's like, I don't know what we're going to do.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: my show has always been like that. Every week for... Awesome three years, I think I've been doing it. I'm like, hi, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Which is so fun. I mean, I, it's funny. I used to teach movement classes, um, for like 13 years, like, like almost every day a week. And, oh, yes. um, and same thing. I would show up and I'd be like, all right, let's put some music on and let's see what happens. You know? And I found that that was always just so much easier for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cause I, you can actually actually you know, like play with the energy and, and, um, which I think is, you know, part of, like, just one of the zillions of capacities that we, you know... I mean, different people have different capacities, but, um, you know, when when Gary Douglas... Um, the first inkling I had that I was an x um, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, um, years ago, it was probably five years ago at this point, he asked me, I was asking a question in, in the facilitator class, and he said have you acknowledged the difference that you be? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) And he was like, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it it set me on this journey, so to speak, of just looking at that, like constantly looking at that question and going, okay. How how many
2: years ago was that?
1: Probably five. I don't know. A a while ago.
2: isn't that great? And it's probably still huge in your universe. Oh. Like, how different do I be?
1: <laughs> yeah, huge. And 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 because I think it's actually a question and a like a curiosity and amusing that we. It's like it, it's always a contribution to have that in your world, you know. Because we we are so. I mean, I know for me, like I just the more I look at it, the more I get curious about the difference that I be. The more I can create, the more I can have a space of intimacy with me and actually have fun being me and enjoy it and not judge it and be able to be it in the world. And, you know, and it showed me this universe really of, you know, just how this reality is so typical, right? It's so organized around this is how you are. This is how you're supposed to be. Everybody's kind of the same, you know, um, and everybody does things the same and everybody wants the same thing, which is mediocrity. And, um, you know, <laughs> and I think when you have these amazing capacities as an X-Men, as an atypical person in the world, um, we we our tendency so often is just to make ourselves wrong rather than to go oh no there's actually a beauty in the difference that when you acknowledge it you can actually use it to create something very yeah. different yeah yeah
2: yeah and, and for people out there if you if you haven't seen the TV show or if you're kind of like wondering how do I know if I'm a typical just for me personally the fun one of the funniest. There, there's one that I could explain about him smi- like a scene that I could explain from this TV show about the kid smiling, um, but you can't see me do it, so it's not
1: going to oh, help. Oh, but you're but talking a, to autistic people, so go for it.
2: That's a, good, <laughs> that's a, that's a really good point. Um, so the, the kid, you know, he's in high school or whatever, he's, and, and he's got a job. Uh, oh, but by the way, like it's something like his sister, his I think his younger sister has to hold his um, lunch money for him because he'll always lose it or something like that. <laughs> if they, if they don't, if they try and like just give it to him straight out, but he um, he's working at his job like after school, and his manager, that's a young guy as well, is like, oh look, there's a girl over there that's looking at you. You should smile back to her. And when he smiles, he does this big, like, smile that just, like, scares her away. <laughs> then, <laughs> and he's like, "Is I thought that's how you were supposed to smile. <laughs> right.
3: Right.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: That
1: and, was awesome.
2: Yeah. And so when he, gets a, when he finally gets a girl that's like, I really like you, Um he goes to his parents and, and she's like, don't you love me? And he's like, uh, I don't, what, what is that? And so he goes to both of his parents and he asks his parents, he's like, okay, mom, what, how did you know you love dad? And then she tells him one thing and he's like, wait, don't tell me anymore. Dad, how did you know you love mom? And he said one thing and he tries to just keep talking. He goes, nope, nope, just stop talking. Okay, now for the third thing, what? what did you guys both have? How did you guys know that you loved each other? And then they kind of like said a third thing and they wanted to keep talking again. And he was like, "What? stop. Nope. I can only do two. I can only do three things at a time. That's enough. I'll go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then, so then he takes this list of three things to know whether or not you're in love with someone. And he's sitting at the dinner table with his quote unquote girlfriend and her entire family of like 10 people. Like you know, aunts, uncles, grandfathers, something, stuff like that. And he's at the dinner table, and loudly to everybody, he goes, "You know what? You don't fall in with list the number two on my list. You're not my girlfriend. I don't love you." And he gets up and
3: leaves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. So my point to everyone out there is if you've ever done something like that, you might be
4: atypical.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> that's Same. awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, I. That's, that's so cool. I love that because it actually expands for me. Like, you know, when I look at that question that started it all for me, have you acknowledged the difference that you made? I started to realize that, like, how much I function like that, actually. Like, how much the world hasn't really ever made sense to me, and the way people function in the world hasn't made sense to me, and the way they interact with each other hasn't made sense to me. And... I always thought there was just something kind of wrong with me, you know, where I was like, and I would, I would literally like, I de- I just sort of developed this capacity to really, really intensely look into people's worlds to figure out and determine like exactly what's going on, what they're doing, how they're doing it. Kind of like, what are the rules here? Because I don't get this place, you know, yeah. so I need to know what the rules are. So then I could just, do it and get it right because I clearly am clueless about all of it you know
3: yeah and
1: and I how much I just and it was this amazing capacity actually that I had and have and developed and used against me really to figure out how I was supposed to show up how things work what happens in relationships you know all that stuff yeah and and it was just like, I don't, like, it just didn't, I, so I sort of created my whole life around that, you know, and I, and I did, I did it very well. Like I did great in school. I did, you know, all the things and, um, but come to find out once I started really looking at the question of the difference that I'd be, it was like, Oh, I actually have a ton of awareness that I covered up with all of that kind of rule
3: sleuthing
1: mm-hmm. You know and following yeah yeah <laughs> that actually would be way more fun for me if I just was willing to be that you know and show up that way in the world and not worry how people respond you know <laughs> yeah
2: exactly I mean like that's that's what's been showing up in our in our classes a bunch is just the you know Gary always says the rules don't apply to you, and and it, the classes have really been so much of like um, they've been a lot of space. Uh, I get that, that might not make sense to people out there, but I've just been blown away as to how much space the atypical classes we've done have been so far, mm-hmm. and and so and just so much of that. Exactly what you're talking about shows up of like, uh, wait, the rules don't apply. To people like this, and so um, yeah, you know, what what would you like to create now? <laughs> so if the rules don't apply, what do you yeah. get to create? And and so um, it's weird because so much of like a lot of things I do, I'm like always trying to get like you talk about the wrongness. I never go into wrongness except for like all the time.
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I'm always trying to get around my wrongness or something, but with this class, like, it doesn't even... It's not even there. Yeah. Um,
1: That's so cool. Yeah. That's
2: so cool. Um, I already i already forgot what else I was going to talk
1: about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're being it, which is, yeah. you know, a mm-hmm. I mean, and I love that, like, just to sort of highlight that for a moment. Um, because... Ooh, Yeah. I'm like, okay, now both of our brains are gone. Um, yeah, yeah, but when you be, when you're willing to be that space with you and you're willing to be the curiosity of that in the world and you're willing to be that with other people, it is so atypical to be like, hi, like, what if there wasn't anything wrong? What if there wasn't anything to figure out or fix? What if we could just be, what if we didn't even have to talk, you know? Um, And it's such a different space and it can be this amazing invitation that people just kind of melt into, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, and then the conversation of limitation and all that is sort of, it's just gone, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like,
2: well,
1: what can we create, you know?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And and to the point of like our, both our brains being gone, it's like a, a... came across this. I'm creating clips for Dane's call, Lose Your Mind, That um, uh, that's going on. And this, there's just a segment from the Denver, I, I know you were at the class, the Denver level, the Denver Energetic Synthesis of Being we had in 2014. And there's oh this gosh. portion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a portion <sighs> in that class where a kid's talking about, oh my God, I'm just so in my mind and I'm disconnected from my body and, and and to and Dane's just like, where did you get that? Who did you learn that from?
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and he's like, My mom. And and exactly like what we're talking about, he basically just facilitates the kid on interesting point of view. I have this point of view, is how you get out of choosing other people's points of views. And to what you're saying, so much of like learning the rules of this reality where like. If you're atypical, you're someone that really, and this is a lot of people, um, if not all of us, but that might be a story for another time. Mm -hmm. You came in and you literally, you really didn't have any points of view at all. But then everybody, the way everybody functioned around you, and especially as you got older, people told you you had to have a point of view. When I say point of view... To anyone else out there, I mean something that is literally like a point, like makes you a point. Earlier I talked about space, like points of views that make you and define you a finite point. And because there can cause you can have points of views that are like expansive
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and create possibilities, but these points of views to which you have to f- have to define you in these things that sort of these points of views that create rules, um, you came in and you didn't have any of those and you and you really just learned to create them and to no longer have them is interesting point of view. So interesting point of view, other people have the point of view that I need to have a point of view. Yeah. Interesting point of view that I have the point of view about other people having a point of view that I should have to have a point of view about <laughs> somebody else having a point of view.
1: <laughs> that was a Gary Douglas right there. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: well, I, I created a loop of Dane saying this long line of weird loop, like weird intricacies of how many points of views you can have about other people having points of views about you having a point of view or whether you not have a point of view or whether you're supposed to have a point of view and all the points of view you have about that that you're supposed to have that you don't have that you create so that you can to make other people happy. Um, <laughs> I listened to, <laughs> Talk I listened about to a- that for Yeah. I listened to that for like two hours yesterday. It oh really my God. kind of so that's I said awesome. all of that and I in the middle of it I forgot because the kid goes, Oh, I totally forgot my question. And Dane goes, Exactly. If you yeah. forgot when your brain goes to uh, I don't I forgot or I don't know it's the blah, blah when your brain brain goes to that uh that's when you're in interesting point of view.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love
1: yeah. Well, and that uh, that tool, I am so in love with that tool. Interesting point of view. Um, I and it's funny because I've been doing access for I don't know, like eight years or so, and uh, only in the past six months have I really like really taken interesting point of view and run with it and um, use like committed to using it all day long, every day. And Gary um, gave me a total wedgie and basically just said you know i have a i have a process for you to run for a year and i was like what (laughs) interesting point of view (laughs) um and i was like okay all right i'm gonna do this um and because he says gary douglas is the founder of access consciousness if if you're listening and you don't know who that is um and um he uh, he says, if you use this tool for a year, you will actually have total freedom. You will have total freedom, like forever. And because it does, it's like every use. Just use it all for every thought, feeling, and emotion you have, and for every like every time you have any point of view about anything. And whether it's your own points of view or somebody else's or as that beautiful loop that Connor just showed us, you know, the other people's points of view about your points of view about their points of view about your points of view about, you know, Um, and it literally is this like what I've seen is it just it literally like injects space into my world where there wasn't before. And particularly, I always say if you're willing for it to work, because a lot of people just kind of throw it around. But it actually is this amazing sort of space creator, you know, tool yeah. that um, that really changes things. Like four words can really change everything about what's going on in your world if you're willing to have that occur. And um, it gets you to this space of being that is actually you, you know, that is that, that Sort of blank space like the no mind space that we you know in this reality we're so sort of afraid of you know and everybody thinks you can't function without a mind but when you begin to play with the space of being and the what's possible when you're functioning from awareness you don't actually require your mind like your mind actually gets in your way and um and then, you know, talk about atypical. That's really atypical <laughs> to have no mind. <laughs>
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't <laughs> always know what to do
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And again, I had something I was going to add to what you were saying, and I forgot it while you were talking about space and, not, and no mind and stuff.
3: so we we could just like
2: yeah we could just like immediately stop talking and then have it be totally quiet and then that way when people are listening they're like wait did my phone break did the what happened
1: is something wrong (laughs) gary did that on the there was a there was i know you were on this call um, oh yeah the seduction of silence call um that was amazing that would talk about space and yeah yeah and then you know that's
2: works. that's been one of my favorite if not my favorite calls so far God, mm-hmm. things created that made oh, well to that's what I was going to say is like that made interesting point of view that took interesting point of view for me to a whole other level because you yeah. say like most people like like for me at least three years, if not longer, I used, when I used interesting point of view, it was like I was brushing the dirt under the rug. I just used it to like push away my point, like push away other people's points of views or even my own and like not really allow myself to be aware of them. But that's what I thought. I I didn't realize I was doing it until I saw Dane like explain it in a specific way and I got a sense of the energy of the allowing it, like bringing up whatever point of view you have Mm -hmm. and then saying with it like interesting point of view I have this point of view Mm -hmm. and um for me it's been the easiest one like for the also at the same time I used to like try to find the words attached to the point of view like words of point of view are I think this person's stupid you know but a lot of times it really just it, a lot of times what shows up for me while doing interesting point of view is just an energy like an energy that is is not um, me being happy. It's just an energy of like stuckness uh, mm-hmm. and I have no idea who it's associated to or where it's coming from or why I've created it or anything other than, okay, interesting point of view, I have this point of view and like bringing it up and like actually like having the energy as opposed to trying to push it out and just going, interesting point of view, I have this point of view.
3: Yeah.
2: Interesting point of view, I have this point of view and interesting point of view, I have this point of view. And the first time I saw Dane do that, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing it
1: wrong this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tool for presence, really, you know, that yeah. um, that it only works if you're, like I said, you know, if you're willing to have it work, if it, if you're actually willing to choose the presence and the silence and the space that it creates. And um, that's been the biggest change for me with that, like really in the past six months going, yep, that's, I'm committed to having that. I'm committed to being that. And this is a tool. These are four potent little fucking words that will get me there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Game on. Yeah. So, cool. Well, we're, we're at our first break. So, um, gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we, there were no commercials and we could just have, like, two minutes of silence? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to do that, but, Yeah, you know. uh, oh, well. Well, when I have my own radio network, then I will or something, you know. Now we're talking. Probably not, but okay. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be back very shortly.
0: Have you always wondered what it would be like to have more fun, ease, joy, and success in your business? What if your business could be more fresh, vibrant, and thriving every day? Heather Nichols' Generative Business Pods program is a six-month business creation intensive of embodying question, choice, possibility, and contribution as the main elements for creating a dynamically different and wildly successful business. What if exponential growth in your business and income could come from being more of you? Find out more at Heather HeatherNichols.com forward slash business pods. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Creating Beyond Reality with Heather Nichols. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to heather at heathernichols.com. That's heather at heathernichols.com. Now, back to Creating Beyond Reality.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Heather Nichols. We're here this week with Connor Hill talking about atypical and all kinds of other amazing things. Tell us about your class, Connor, that you and Sol are doing.
2: Atypical, yeah. No. Um, I actually, to in order to tell you about my class, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put. You don't have to say anything, but I kind of want to put you on the spot, Heather, and ask like when I ask you like atypically, like whether when you were a kid or just through life, where have you noticed yourself? Where have you have? Like earlier, you talked about like not understanding how the rest of the world worked and and why people are choosing what they're choosing. Um, Is there anything that sticks out for you that is just like, oh, man, this is an an atypical story for me of me being very atypical?
1: <laughs> you know when you ask me that the one thing that pops is um, I have this memory and I didn't actually really remember this until I started doing access consciousness
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I remember at some point as a kid I was probably like six or something yeah. <clears throat> I remember being outside and looking up at the sky and going what? what's really going on here <laughs> just sort of like, there's something that people aren't talking about that I'm aware of. Like, so, what, what, huh? You know, and it was just like, this is so much bigger than what everybody's pretending, you know? Yeah. And it was just such a, um, this moment, and I don't think I really even... You know, it wasn't like I was marveling at anything or in awe of anything. It was just this flash of awareness that I had, and I probably sort of logged it away somewhere. And um, once I started doing access, and I had done all kinds of other metaphysical stuff and whatever before this, but um, that memory came back because this conversation, really the access consciousness, like one of the main things is about knowing that we know. And, you know, knowing that we know, knowing what we know, Um, And I went, oh, wow. I knew. I knew, at like, not even just in that moment, before that moment, but that was a moment that I can remember actually knowing, you know. Wow. Like, basically what I would say now is I'm an infinite being, you know. And this is just this thing called planet Earth right now, you know and there's so much more and there's so much greater and, and what would it be like to function from that? You know? So.
2: Yeah, that uh, was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, you just blew me away with that one. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is, <laughs> that was good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was really, and it was so cool to actually remember that. And for the first time, ever in my life when I, you know, maybe five years ago or so when I remembered it to go to acknowledge. Uh, mm -hmm.
2: Really neat. So I think to all the people out there, right, we invite you all to recall when you knew you first knew.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it may be a memory like that, but I love that you use the word recall because... It's different than remembering, you know? Yeah. Like, I remembered, you know, I remembered this moment, and there was a recall. Like, to me, the recall is, like, an energy of actually knowing. Yeah. Um, And it might not be a specific event or cognitive thing, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, to, to drop it in as an invitation to people out there in the world for, like my definition i would say or like method for explaining recalling uh like for me personally like the difference between recalling maybe i shouldn't say for me personally it's like more like what i've discovered in and it could show up totally different for everybody else out there is that remembering when i look to remember something Mm I go into my head to like try and find it in my brain and where the neurons have created it. Not that that's like something I think about, but that's just like what gets created. When I do recall it, it's it's more of like as and I want to say atypical. I don't even like using the word autism because if you know what the word autism actually means, the root word autism is self-centered tism. Which is like, which is only created because people tell autistic kids that they need to have a point of view and mm-hmm. they're very good at creating whatever you tell them to create so they can really make themselves a single point of view, which would end up being very self-centered. Um, but at the same time, being very aware of how self-centered everybody else is while doing surface level conversation with each other to try and prove that they're actually interested in everybody else. Um is that when you say recall and when you do recall, it's actually an acknowledgement of all time and space exists now. Like Mm -hmm. the past Mm -hmm. is the past, but it still exists. And when you say recall, you can actually still have that moment and sense all of it, the smells, the tastes, the feels, the this, like the entire situation and like Mm. everything that was going on for you. So like, if you're a person, uh, to all the people out there, if you're a person that like, if you've ever quote unquote remembered or like recalled a situation and it's not like you're remembering it from the words of it or the story, especially the story, if you're going into story, you're in remembering But if you actually find yourself there and you can even see a little bit of difference to it in the sense that um, now you know more or you have a little bit more of experience of certain things, so you see it a little bit differently, like where you stood. not as a location or physically or anything, but just like, oh, I get that this was actually going on and I was aware of it, but I didn't have the information back then that I have now. So I have a little bit of more awareness of it now. So it's really like this, it's a going back in time, but you're not really, because it can actually feel very present in the now. So that's me. Um, If anybody's fans of the movie Interstellar, you know, you, you just... At least as far as science is concerned, they even, even science says now that the past, and the present, and the future all exist in the same moment mm-hmm. kind of a thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's my way of explaining it. I'll probably explain it differently if you were to ask yeah. me again tomorrow.
3: <laughs> in fact,
2: I know I would. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. I'd, I'd be like, half that shit I said, throw that away. The half you can keep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and that's part, I mean, it's funny because that's actually what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> it's, it's the word of past, present, and future all together and the space of that. And it's like, what's, what's you know, and we're also speaking, like, this show is going to air on June 25th, right? So, and it's June 8th right now, so... What's the, you know, so we're speaking to the future, which we always do in these. I mean, I, I, I see that all the time in my radio shows, um, and anything that we're, you know, classes that are recorded or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah. And it's funny because there's actually way more than the words here. There's an energy, um, that people can be perceiving and receiving, um, <clears throat> yeah, is you know that's really
2: exactly, and that's um that just brings up one of my things of so i you know to any other I, I feel weird saying this, but I'm still gonna say it like to any other facilitators out there, like facilitating with Sewell is a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he's almost like a little mini gary. <laughs> I dare say, in that like his, you talk about the energy and beyond the words and Sewell's capacity to put words to an energy, just like mic drop. It's like we did a foundation together in Melbourne and uh, there were moments where, you know, he's like, hey, Connor, you want to add to that? And I'm like, "Uh, I have no brains right now. You keep going.
1: (laughs) That's awesome.
2: it's great it's really fun um so if you're lucky enough or just for anybody taking classes um it's really great
1: that's awesome yeah Yeah. oh so cool so <clears throat> what I'd love to hear because you guys have done some of these classes right and yeah what what have you seen like what's the change and the feedback that you've got like the change that you've seen in people's worlds and the feedback that you've gotten and um yeah well it, so it's such a kind of like it could people could say oh this is kind of an esoteric conversation you know but it's yeah so pragmatic really
2: yeah um off the top of my mind, I don't remember, like the, the one thing that really comes up um, when you ask that question is how much, like like we had someone um, in our class that it actually came up that they were autistic and, or an X-Men or however we described it in the moment. And I, I was floored by it. Like like and when I said I was floored by it, it was like you th- even though you think you see someone that like seems like a normal person or whatever, like autistic X-men, atypical people and and this is why earlier I was like it might be everybody.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: It's like can be extremely good at fitting in and like molding themselves to everything that's around it just, and then buying into it or whatever. And so there was someone in class that like, that is the kind of thing that showed up. Cause we really, as you know, when you're facilitating and there's like something going on for someone and we were trying all different avenues. And then I just got like a blip that showed up of like atypical, you know, X-Men. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Are you an X-Men? And she as, as they do in the class, what's that? No, you don't get to ask what's that. Is it yes or no? And she's like, yes. And it was just like her entire fucking world changed. She was like an, a different, a totally different person. And, you know, from her point of view, like, felt more like her. she's felt more like her than she's been in her entire life. As the foundation class tends to do. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> if not all classes and it was, that's been to me the most interesting thing um, as far as the atypical world is concerned. It's like, I would have said prior to that, that I could like spot people, you know, I can tell who is and who isn't, but that's not even close to the case.
3: Mm -hmm. Like
2: no, not even close. So, um, uh, yeah, for the most part, people have loved our classes. I'm what what I'm remembering the most was we actually had a really after our, you know, my brains were so freaking fried the entire time that I don't even I'm not even sure what's going on, and um and there's so much that goes on in a foundation class, as you well know. It's like yeah. And try to pinpoint the one thing that showed up of all the hundreds of thousands of things, if not millions that show up when you, when you participate in a foundation class, but uh, probably the, my favorite thing is, is like um, facilitating with him is Tiffany and Silas are also facilitating in the class, especially mm-hmm. like, Silas so tell people after. who
1: Tiffany and Silas are. Uh, Tiffany is
2: Silas's mom and and I guess you know you could say Sewell's enjoyable other. And um, and, and Silas is. Yeah. And Silas is their son. So where is their, okay.
1: or their <laughs> slave owner? Little yeah. three, two, three. Two-year-old? Three-year-old? Two, two and a quarter or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I know how brilliant. you parents, brilliant.
2: You parents roll. You guys, yeah. like, count months and things. He's, like, two and a half to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He yeah. is a brilliant little manipulator and everything. I think, like, because one of the most, we were at a seven-day in Langkawi last year. And one of the interesting things that I saw was, like, Silas, like, Tiffany and Sewell were eating dinner. And Silas walked over to some stairs. And before walking down the stairs, he stood there. I watched him do it. His dad wasn't even, like, looking at him. But when Silas got to the edge of the stairs, he paused. And without even looking over, like, it, it was just, like, this moment. I don't know if I saw Silas, like, raise his hand to, like, hold my hand or, like, looked over at his dad. But it was just, like, you talked about the... You talked previously about silence and like not, mm-hmm. I don't know if we really brought it up communicating without words, but just like this communication without words and the, them not being necessary. Silas just like, it was like basically from my point of view, it was like Silas just was like telepathically like, hey, dad, help me walk down the stairs.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: S- Sewell's over there eating. And like I watched this whole scene play out where Sewell just looks up. Gets up, walks over, holds his hand, and walks him down the stairs. And then, like when he gets to the bottom of the stairs, get back, goes back up the stairs, and then goes back to eating
3: mm-hmm. or
2: something. So it's like um, it's kind of that whole thing, and um, it, it's fun too to watch Silas around horses because when he's being him, he can he has zero freaking fear. And uh, the kid will just not necessarily, he's, he's not always like 100% aware of everything that's going on, but mm-hmm. can, can just command the horses and be with horses and they totally take care of him. Like anyone mm-hmm. watching would be like, oh my God, this little two-year-old is going to get stepped on and stuff. And yeah. and it's not that you don't be aware with aware with him, but it's like he just like hangs out with horses, and he's like these are my horses and stuff. It's really fun.
3: That is
1: so cool. Well, yeah. and I just what I just got when you said that is the space of, um, like the parenting space that Soul and Tiffany B and the, like that that level of communication beyond words with each other and with Silas and the horses and everything and the aware, like parenting from awareness, you know, which has been such a, that's a whole other, actually, uh, well, I think, no, it's going to be next week, but actually it'll be last week by the time the show airs. (laughs) I'm having a, I'm -hmm. having a chat with Marnie on parenting. Um, cool. (laughs) The week before this show airs. Um, but, um, but, uh, the willingness to parent with your awareness and to acknowledge your kids as these amazing X-Men kids who know, actually know what they're doing. You know, even at age two, with like, he's communicating with horses. He's this level of communion and he has this energetic reality that isn't real as far as this reality is concerned. You know, it's definitely atypical. Yeah. And the willingness to honor that and to acknowledge that and to function from that And to support that, you know, Mm -hmm. with kids is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Yeah. You know, it, it, it gives them this. I mean, I've seen this with my own kids. The more I've been willing to be that with them and to acknowledge that we do function so much from energy and this energetic reality, it's like they calm down and they get you know, they get, they become more space and more ease and, um, it's just this amazing, um, gift really to, yeah to the kids. I mean, to anybody, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's so cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I like them when they're other people's kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I have, I have more (laughs) than, um, I have a lot of admiration for all you parents out there
3: because
2: the, the parents that are in access to your kids are like the least controllable freaking kids on totally. the planet.
1: <laughs> totally. And mine are the least controllable of those kids. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I know your kids. You do.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what, Though was really cool. I mean, I actually, I, it's funny. I always say, you know, like, other people's, I, well, I love other people's babies. I having babies was not so much my thing, even though they were really cute, um, not my favorite <laughs> time of life. Now they're 10 and 13. And so we have these really cool conversations and actually energetic conversations too now that are just such a gift. But for so long, you know, my kids were so, they were hyper and really out of control. Um, before I really had these tools and was willing to use them um, because there was so much going on in their world energetically that nobody was acknowledging, including me,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and when I started to actually acknowledge it um, and function from that with them um, and, and acknowledge that that was really who they be. Um mm-hmm their whole world's just relaxed and expanded and calmed down and they just have become this like space that
2: Awesome.
1: You know, we I I they're like two of my favorite people to be with now. There's just such a space when we're mm-hmm. together that used to really not be there. And it was so, I mean, you you've seen me through many different phases of this, Connor. Um Yeah. You know, in the beginning like When I first started doing Access, it was, I really struggled with my kids. It was like, that was like the hardest thing in my life was being a parent. And now it's just...
2: I don't think it was just the hardest thing in your life was being a parent. It was like the hardest thing in your life was you had the freaking... People are going to take it wrong if I say the wildest, but that (laughs) might actually be what it was. I just know that like extremely, extremely uncontrollable. But... As you say, the space, it's like for any parents out there that have kids that are extremely uncontrollable and extremely, extremely difficult, you might look at the fact that um, we've talked about space this whole call. It's like you might look at the fact of maybe they require more space and they're trying to create themselves as some finite Something And it mm-hmm. just, it really creates a lot of turmoil and difficulty and everything in the kid's world when they do that. Like, uh, Seul is also a caretaker of a mute autistic,
1: mm-hmm. as
2: they are called, because the kid doesn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still so little I know, or like am aware of yet with a lot of that, but mm-hmm. Sewell's really great with him. And, and the kid is other than my ability to just notice, like before he, the first time I ever saw him before I even saw him, it was like, I could sense the space
3: exactly. and I was like,
2: Whoa. Yeah. So, um, and, and I've heard Dane mentioned things about, um, as far as having kindness with their body um, for people like that. And that is what can begin at least to, um, to assist in them having more ease with being in their body. Not Mm -hmm. like inside their body, but maybe being with it. So a lot of what I just said right there too is like some things I'm not totally sure about, but you can really just, if you're looking to change some things, quite possibly a way to do that is to really be and have kindness with them and their body uh, as much as you can. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess I should ask you, like your kids were freaking wild. What, what's, what's shown up? Um, what If you could say anything, like what would, what do you have to say about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so much. Um, well, I, that, it's funny when you talk about the body because what really pops for me is just to say that When I realized one of the things I recognize now, and this is even changing as they get older, but yeah, yeah.
3: um,
1: But I used to think that my kids required me to like do all these things and you know, like all the stuff that we think of in this um,
2: reality. Go buy McDonald's. What's that? Like go buy McDonald's. (laughs)
1: yeah no just more like be a good parent you know and all this stuff and Uh you know like all that like the stuff that you're supposed to do to prove that you're a good parent which my kids didn't give a fuck about you know i'm
2: because i'm i'm really confused like so to do to be a good parent like what what do you have to do to be a good parent
1: right well that's exactly i mean you know. Right. Like protect them. Like okay. if if your child well, we have we have like you're
2: talking to somebody that doesn't have kids, so I'm right. kinda of like what, I know. What, what I'm trying what to show up when so they pop we have,
1: out. Right, we have a minute. So oh, what okay. I wanted to say is <laughs> just really quick is one of the things that I All recognized right. is that they actually required my presence and my body, like our bodies to just be next to each other and we didn't have to talk and I didn't have to do anything. We could just be with each other and be present with each other's bodies. And once I started really getting that that was the, like a large part of what they required, it was like, huh. like parenting just became so much ease for me. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, that's like I said, they're getting older now. They're like, bye, mom. We're going here and there and everywhere without you, you know? So, yeah.
2: Um, and that's unheard of for your kids to get easier as they approach teendom.
1: Oh, <laughs> they're so delightful. They're so delightful. Yeah. So, um, I think we need to wrap it up. But um, awesome. God, thank could, you so you know? much for that last <laughs> bit. That's
2: huge information.
1: Yeah. yeah. Really huge. Um, and thank you. What a cool spacious yummy conversation i mean just you know invite everybody to really perceive what's here um rather than you know i mean the cognitive stuff is great too but there's a lot yeah. of space in this conversation that is uh very atypical yes <laughs> so, so do you guys have a website or really quick any place where people can come and find you
2: probably the best is youtube you can mm-hmm. search well there, i don't know if you can search it on youtube but, yeah, um, you can find both of us on Facebook yeah. and, and Access Consciousness, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I think we have that in our in our thing, in our description, too. So, mm-hmm. thanks so much, Connor, for being here, and Sewell and Tiffany and Silas for being here as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: thanks so much for
1: having us on. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back next week with more.
0: Bye for now. Thank you for joining us today for Creating Beyond Reality. Make sure to join Heather Nichols again next Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another adventure into the brilliance of you. Have an amazing week of possibility and creation.